do you undermine yourself? We all do it, whether we recognize that fact or not. Self-sabotage is one of the sneakiest ways we get in our own way. Yet, if we lack awareness about our sabotage, it can be so difficult to know how to help ourselves. Boy, oh boy, do I have the book for you. What does it mean to love and work well? And how do I pursue what truly matters? Working at the intersection of business and psychology, I help you answer these questions and more so you can focus priorities, inspire change, lead with courage, and live with more joy today. Hi, I'm Dr. Melissa Smith. Welcome to the Pursue What Matters podcast, where we focus on what it takes to thrive in love and work. So we are in a big series right now where we are cultivating uh, your secret weapon, which is curiosity. And why is curiosity so important? So first of all, curiosity helps us to develop self-awareness and self-leadership. These are really the foundation for effective leadership in any area of your life. And so, you know, we've been learning a lot about the value of curiosity. We've talked about uh, the SECURE Foundation, which is an acronym uh, with a focus on the specific behaviors and skills that really help you to have greater well-being, to cope effectively, and to thrive in life. And so, of course, sprinkled throughout the series, we have our monthly book review. Um, And this is a book that I came across. I think I was just looking for a book. And the reviews were pretty good Um, and it sounded like a great topic. And I've got to tell you, I really like this book a lot. So um, this book is called The Mountain Is You, Transforming Self-Sabotage into Self-Mastery. And, you know, a lot of us can relate to this topic. Uh, Self-sabotage is definitely a thing. It is part of the human condition. And so, you know, developing awareness about this, because self-sabotage can be pretty tricky um, sometimes, and we can be pretty uh, pretty sophisticated in our self-sabotage. And so it's not always straightforward exactly, you know, how we're undermining ourselves. And so this book by Brianna West, or sorry, Brianna Wiest, is really excellent. She just really cuts through um, all of all of the extra layers and really gets to the heart of the issue. It is very well written. Like I said, it's right to the point. So if you have a tender heart that that has a difficult time with uh, direct feedback, you know, just take yourself through this book slowly. But I found it really refreshing. Uh, she did not tiptoe around any issues. And it's just, it's just really practical. So it's a small book. It doesn't take long to get through. Um, I initially listened to the book, but then also have gone back and reread it with the, with the paper version. And it's really helpful. It's one of those books that could be a really good um, focus for your own, you know, your personal development. So whether that's journaling, whether that's um, using it as a tool in therapy or coaching, it's, 
really helpful. And again, really focused on building self-awareness and self-leadership, which is one of the things we're really focused on in terms of this podcast to help you pursue what matters by strengthening your confidence to lead. Um, We like to do that in uh, one of three areas. So leading with clarity, which is connection to purpose, leading with curiosity, which is exactly what we're talking about today, and then helping you to build and lead communities. And what's true about self-sabotage is we also sabotage our relationships with others. And so this is also very pertinent for looking at um, your relationships, both at home and work because self-sabotage shows up everywhere. So let's learn a little bit more about the book and uh, the author. So uh, just a description on the book. I love it. This is a book about self-sabotage, why we do it, when we do it, and how to stop doing it for good. So right, she cuts right to the chase. She's very, uh, very straightforward. So coexisting but conflicting needs create self-sabotaging behaviors. This is why we resist efforts to change often until they feel completely futile. But by extracting crucial insight from our most damaging habits, building emotional intelligence by better understanding our brains and bodies, releasing past experiences at a cellular level, that is truly a thing, that's not just woo-woo stuff, and learning to act as our highest potential future selves, we can step out of our own way and into our potential. Uh, So this book really is a call to accountability, a call to responsibility. Um, Again, like I think it's really, really refreshing. And so let's look at what others are saying about the book. So from Jenna Black, an international coach, the ultimate seeker's guide for those brave enough to face their true north and take their power back. So one of the things that we can all recognize is that change can be really hard. Uh, Change doesn't happen overnight, right? And you might look at your own life in in these moments of self-awareness and look at the, the patterns of change and, you know, thinking about specific things in your life that maybe you've wanted to change and why it's been so hard. And it can feel so frustrating when you have a game plan for change and then it doesn't happen. And this is where we really want to get curious about the role of self-sabotage because there are some really power dyna- powerful dynamics at play often when we're trying to make meaningful change. And so having some understanding and insight about self-sabotage can help you to actually make the change you really want and make sure that that change is sustainable. And that's what this book is all about. Some other reviews about this book. So this is from Dr. Nicole LaPera, the holistic psychologist. Brianna's book is a beautiful expression of healing. Her insights on self-sabotage, emotional intelligence, and deep transformation are invaluable. She understands that change begins with self and her book is a gift to the collective. Um, And so some really great um, endorsements about this book. So Brianna Wiest is an author. She's written several other books. One of her really popular books, I think, was an outgrowth of some of her online writing, which is she's pretty popular for. Um, but the 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 first book that's yeah, I don't know if it was her first book, but it is one, it was an outgrowth of some of her online writing, is 101 Essays That Will Change the Way You Think. And I've read that one as well. It's really good. I think uh The Mountain Is You. Um, I, I think it's a little bit better, but 
also it's more focused, right? So it's really focused on this idea of self-sabotage and self-mastery. So uh, let, let's jump in and I'll just share some, um, some insights from the book to kind of give you a sense for whether you would want to pick up this book. And then I just want to share um, a few of her recommendations here. So first of all, Right. She uses this metaphor of the mountain, which I love. It's something that I find personally compelling. And she starts out with this. Much like nature, life is very often working in our favor, even when it seems like we are only being faced with adversity, discomfort, and change. As forest fires are essential to the ecology of the environment, opening new seeds that require heat to sprout and rebuild a population of trees, our minds also go through periodic episodes of positive disintegration or a cleansing through which we release and renew our self-concept. And so I really love this metaphor because it helps us to see that change is natural. It's part of development. We have cycles of growth. We have uh, cycles of consolidation. And I really loved that imagery of uh, the forest. And, you know, when I was, I believe that I, I believe I was in high school, junior high or high school, when they had, we had the devastating uh, fires in Yellowstone. So, you know, I grew up about an hour and a half uh, south of Yellowstone. And so that was a really big deal in my life. We had a couple of months where the moon was red from the fires. We had a lot of people um, that came in, right, to fight the fires. And there was so much, you know, worry and upset about this huge forest fire, which of course is so understandable. Um, but one of the things that, you know, that people discovered, right, and of course, obviously, the scientists knew about this, was how the forest fires also serve to regenerate the forest. And so this concept, and this isn't something I knew about before the Yellowstone fires, I just thought, oh, no, there's our forest, it's gone. And that felt so devastating. But that often the seeds require the heat of fire to grow. And so in a very real way, you have a forest fire, right? Like at that surface level, you're just thinking this is devastating. We're losing the forest, but you sometimes fail to appreciate what's happening, uh, what's happening at a deeper level, right? With roots and seeds and how that's really laying a foundation for new growth. And so I love that metaphor. When we think about times in our own lives of adversity and change and struggle, where it just feels hard and we just we want the pain to go away we want the adversity to go away and to be able to to bring in this perspective when you are having painful moments in life and you feel the the sore trial of adversity it is powerful to be able to say this is a sign I'm growing. And, you know, I have been facing some really challenging, for me anyway, challenging stressors in the past couple of years. And, you know, many days where it's like, I just want it to go away. I still want it to go away, but I know that that's not realistic. Um, but many days when I was feeling deep pain and worry and fear, um, a perspective that was really helpful for me, and it's something that I just repeated to myself and still sometimes do, is at least I know I'm growing, right? And those growing pains, growth is painful. It, right, we do not grow 
in comfort. And anyone who tells you otherwise is lying to you. And so even though change is difficult, it's painful, it requires us to change, we can uh, bring in some perspective to be able to see that even though it's painful, it can be good. And, you know, you can think about your other metaphors. You know, if we think about building muscle, this that's very true, right? Like you have to break down muscles in order to rebuild and strengthen them. And that ta- it takes a lot of effort. It is not always pleasant. In fact, there is pain involved in that. Um, But when you have that understanding, you don't panic. When you have that understanding, you recognize that moving forward is the right approach. And so that perspective can really um, make a big difference. And so again, she uses this uh, metaphor of nature and specifically the mountain. And she says, just as a mountain is formed, when two sections of the ground are forced against one another, your mountain will arise out of coexisting but conflicting needs. Your mountain requires you to reconcile two parts of you, the conscious and the unconscious, the part of you that is aware of what you want and the part of you that is not aware of why you are still holding yourself back. So, you know, we think about mountains. I'm in Utah. I'm surrounded by incredibly beautiful mountains. And it's easy to just look at those and be like, oh, they're beautiful and they've always been here. And the truth is, the growth of a mountain is a traumatic experience, right? We think about those tectonic plates. We think about the ground um, forced against one another. And, uh, and, and yet out of that is beauty. Out of that is, you know, this incredible part of nature. And I really love how she applies that to our own growth and change, that we have coexisting but conflicting needs. And when we when we um, grow, we are having to reconcile these two parts. And um, she talks about these two parts as the conscious and the unconscious. And self-sabotage is often happening at an unconscious level. And so one of the points of this book is books is to bring um, the unconscious into conscious awareness. So that's another way of saying that is bringing in self-awareness so that you can identify the ways you self-sabotage so that you don't do that, do that again and you can actually create meaningful change um, for yourself. So, you know, you might know what your mountain is. Maybe you don't know what it is, but this is what she has to say about it. Your mountain is the block between you and the life you want to live. Facing it is also the only path to your freedom and becoming. You are here because a trigger showed you to your wound and your wound will show you to your path and your path will show you to your destiny. And so that's really what she's attending to in this book. And so I just want to share a couple more points from the book. Um, This is so full of great information. Uh, So one of the first things that she looks at and the question that she asks is, what does self-sabotage look like? Now, right, it might not be conscious for you, so you might not have a clue. And so she shares many Um, many examples of what self-sabotage looks like. And not only that, she shares your response to it. So if if you read through some of these um, descriptions of self-sabotage, she gives you some specific direction to help you to overcome that self-sabotage. So let's learn what some of these are. So what does self-sabotage look like? Resistance, um, perfectionism, 
limited emotional processing skills, justification, disorganization. Have you ever thought that, that your struggle with disorganization is actually self-sabotage? Ooh, reflect on that for a few moments. Um, Attachment to what you don't really want. Have you found yourself pushing for a relationship to continue even though that relationship causes you a lot of pain, a lot of hurt, a lot of distress? Um, We can become insecurely attached, right? We can develop attachment patterns that are not in our best interest. And yet we keep pushing towards those attachments because they feel comfortable or we have a lot of fear about losing them. And so this attachment to what you don't really need or what's not helping you is a really good sign of self-sabotage. Some other signs including include judging others, pride, guilt about succeeding. I've run into that for sure. A fear of failing, downplaying your accomplishments, um, unhealthy habits, or being busy, right? Like keeping your schedule so booked that you don't have time to pursue things that really matter to you. And then also spending time with the wrong people. That can be very undermining and worrying about irrational fears and least likely circumstances. So do you find yourself catastrophizing? That will just, that will put you in a corner and leave you no good for anyone. So that, I think that's really, really helpful to think about. And then she gives us some insight into how to tell if you're in a self-sabotage cycle, right? Because this isn't always happening on a conscious level, but here are some of the signs. You're more aware of what you don't want than what you do want. Boy, that is real. That's so insightful. I think that's really helpful to think about. You're putting your head in the sand. So you've got some self-denial going on. Uh, You care more about convincing other people you're okay than actually being okay. So this can often show up in therapy where we, you know, we spend our time and energy convincing our therapist that we're okay or denying some of the feedback that a therapist may be giving. That's a really good sign of self-sabotage. Your main priority in life is to be liked, even if that comes at the expense of being happy. Boy, there's a lot of us that fall into that trap. Um, you're blindly chasing goals without asking yourself why you want those things. So this is easy to happen in our consumerism society, right? Like we end up chasing others' goals or following others' expectations and never really stop to slow down and look at, is this something that I even want? Is this something that's bringing more joy and well-being to my life? Or is it something that's undermining me? Uh, you're waiting for someone else to open the door, give you approval or hand you the life you've been waiting for. And so that sense of helplessness or feeling like we're an observer in our lives rather than, um, an active participant is a big sign of self-sabotage. And another one, I think this is important. You don't realize how far you've come. So you just kind of hammer yourself deeper in the ground And it makes it hard to be motivated to take the next step into growth. And so we need to have an honest assessment of our challenges, but we also need to have an honest assessment of our strengths. So um, that those are some really helpful guides in terms of understanding when you might get caught in a self-sabotage cycle. And then the last thing that I'll end with, and I think this is this is something she covers in the second half of the book, and it's really helpful. She talks about this concept that your triggers are your guide to freedom. So when you get emotionally hooked, the things that hook you 
are your guide to freedom. They provide really valuable information. So for most of us, we see that as anger, embarrassment, sadness, guilt, chronic fear, jealousy. If you can get curious about these behaviors, these triggers, they will they will provide you a path to greater well-being. They'll provide you a path to freedom. And so what she says is our internal guidance systems whisper until they scream. Uh, So they will get our attention, but we can be good at, you know, denying and refusing these, uh, these systems until a point where, you know, we can't ignore them anymore. And so again, this is an excellent book. I think it's a really good companion to your uh, personal development, self-reflection, journaling. It's a great tool for therapy. So head on over to my website to check out the show notes with the resources for this episode at www.drmelissasmith.com forward slash 230-the-mountain-is-you. Um, I will link to this book and the author on the show notes. And of course, you can um, join me on Instagram at Smith for more great information related to the podcast. So if you didn't catch that whole list, um, I will I will include that on Instagram. And I'd love to get your thoughts and perspective there. And if you're so inclined, I'd love it if you would consider giving uh, the podcast a five-star review on Apple or Spotify. It does help people find the podcast. In the meantime, I'm Dr. Melissa Smith. Remember, love and work, work and love, that's all there is. Until next time, take good care. 